This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Person, again, welcome. Uh, tonight we are learning Lilu Nishmat Avram ben Chaim Yehuda and Yechaskal ben Avraham. So, tonight we're kind of continuing what we spoke about last week, but in a sense it's a little bit of a, it's, it's a, little bit of a different topic, but it is very, very much connected. And uh, we wrote on the topic that it's, it's dating and marriage, specifically because this, this type of information really, even though it's more geared toward people than the dating world, but it actually really, really helps married people as well. And the reason for that is we're going to be speaking about issues that people are looking for or people may have. And if you have that issues, maybe this is something that you should work on or you should focus on. So it's not only about knowing what a red flag is when you're dating somebody, but it's also knowing how you're not that red flag, meaning that you're not the one that somebody else is coming to speak to his rabbi or her rabbi and saying, oh, wait a minute, this guy that I'm dating or this girl that I'm dating, she has X, Y, and Z. So you also want to prevent, not only you want to make sure that your spouse doesn't have red flags, you want to make sure that you don't have red flags. And if you're married already and Hashem, you found your zivug, you found the one for you, you also have to make sure the red flags don't just go away when you get married. They're still there. So if you have red flags, means just blaring issues. That, that's really the focus that we're going to be giving today. There are there are yellow flags, which is like in the, there's like green, yellow, and red. Right? Well, people usually focus on the on the red, not too much on the the yellow. Definitely not on the green. Usually, when things are good, no one asks the rabbi. No one speaks to the rabbi when things are going well. So when when dealing with issues, whether it's yourself or whether with uh, you know your potential spouse, your spouse, there is, I was going to say a fine line, but that's not the right word, because it's a really wide line between someone who is not perfect and something that is bad. So so there's a very big distinction that you have to make, either when you're dating or when you're looking at your spouse, is this something that is just outright bad, horrific, horrendous, something that I have to run the other way, or is it something that it's that it's not, that it's not perfect? The The way people go, unfortunately, well, the way some people go, is that they have a list of things that they want. And they want, I shouldn't say they, many feel that they would require, maybe that's a better word, all of the things that they want or need in a, in a partner to be checked off before they find the right, right partner. And sometimes that is true. Sometimes they have three, four things, and those are great things. And we'll speak about, you know, some of the important things. They, they think that this is the top of things, and this is what I need in my partner, and they're really right, they really need it. But then you have other people who may have 40 things, or maybe even four things, but those things are not as important. Though it's not as important, meaning that it's not something that must be, but they think in their mind that it needs to be. So it's really, really important to realize what is something that I that is an outright problem, an issue, or what is something that is not perfect. When people look, you know, a, a lot of times the good thing, the amazing thing about shidduch dating is that you're able to see on paper, sort of, it's not, it doesn't have to be on paper, but you're able to really like use your intellectual capabilities and intellectual abilities and, and try to figure out, is this match right for me? So sometimes on paper, it's perfect. I can't tell you how many people have been, uh, you know, are dating a, uh, you know, a guy or a guy's dating a girl and it says, on paper, it's perfect. But when we come out to the date, it's terrible. Like it can't go worse. Everything that goes wrong does go wrong. 
And sometimes the person on paper, it's the most opposite end of the spectrum. You would never ever think to put them together, but when they're together, it just works. So, so the thing that we have to remember is that when we're looking at the paper, just because the paper is perfect or is not perfect, doesn't mean that we should judge based off that. Yes, that would give us an inclination to go to one way over the other way, that is for sure. But to judge the person only on paper is a very, very big problem. And in fact, sometimes the things that we want on paper, the requirements that we have in our spouse, the things that we think we need, is maybe the things that we don't actually need. And we'll prove it very, very shortly, or maybe not so shortly, but we'll prove it soon, like how sometimes we're wrong in what we think that we need. And sometimes what we look at a spouse, or we look at a potential spouse, what they're lacking is actually the most perfect thing for us. Now, whenever I speak about this topic, I always come back to like this amazing, you know, you know, Torah from, from in Beratius that I always come back to it. It's so beautiful and it makes so much sense, especially when you're dealing with this topic. And that is the way that when you look at the creation of the world, the creation, if you really analyze the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world, it seems like there was a lot of mistakes, so to speak. Of course it wasn't, but so to speak, it looked like it happened. For example, the first, you know, HaKadosh Baruch Hu put the Or Haganuz. Or Haganuz was a special light. And this light, we're not going to get, we spoke about this multiple times, we're not going to get too much into it. Uh, but the Organos is a special light. And what, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu kept it for about 36 hours. Not for about, for 36 hours. And then HaKadosh Baruch Hu went and he hid it. Why did he hit it? Because the wicked, evil people, they would be able to go and prosper from it. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu went and he hid it. So, first God did, when God did his God made a, spe- a special light, and then God decided, no, the special light is not good, and he took it away. So wait a minute, why did he put it there the first, should have just taken away to the, the beginning. Then you look at the second day. The second day, it says, it doesn't say that it was good in the second day. All the other days it said it was good, second day it doesn't. Why? Because there was a division. The upper waters and the lower waters were divided. Meaning that it was, there was sort of like in the spiritual realm, there was a connection between this world and heaven. The second day this was separated. So because it was separated, the, it doesn't say that it was, it was good. Meaning that, okay, so something is wrong over here. Why didn't it say that it was good? Third day. Let's go into day number three. The Pasuk tells us that HaKadosh Baruch went and he told, and it says in the Pasuk, in the, the first chapter, the 11th Pasuk, Pasuk it out. It says, Vayomer Elohim. And then God said, The way that it was supposed to be was that the bark of a tree would taste like the fruit of the tree. And we know, you know, it didn't happen that way. The tree's bark doesn't taste like a tree, except for the esrog. Esrog is the only tree that actually, the bark tastes like it. But the, the fruit does not taste like the bark. It was all supposed to be like that. Uh, the question that we answered, we, we spoke about this before, how is it possible trees, and whatever, we're not going to get into the details of it, but we see over here that God, so to speak, wanted something, but that didn't happen. There was a division. Like, you know, God didn't div- create the world divided. He created the world connected, and then He divided it. There was a light. Then there was, then God removed the light. You look at the, this is what we're dealing with the first three days. The fourth day, the, we know that there was the creation of the luminaries, the creation of the, the, the sun and the moon. And the Pasuk tells us that God created two great luminaries, two great lights. And what happened? We know what happened was, is that the moon, the angel of the moon, so to speak, went and started complaining, 
says, how could there be two rulers? How could there be two great lights? So what happened was at the end, the moon got punished and the moon was diminished. Meaning that the moon's light now is not its own light. It's only a reflection of the sun. So God created something and it seems like everything is falling apart. Day one, the light. Day two, the division. Day three, the trees. Day four, the star, the, the sun and the moon. Like, what's going on over here? But you look at it all the way at the end of the creation. It says that, God went and he looked at everything that he created. And it's very good. Everything was very good. You think about it also. The evil inclination. It seems like it's a bad thing. Why do we need a Satan? Why do we need an evil inclination? Let us all just be a utopian society where everybody's just always inherently good. Why do we need the evil inclination? And the answer is that even though the evil inclination is bad and it's in its name, it's evil, it's in there, still in its, it's, in its creation, it's a good thing. Why? Because with the evil inclination, you have the ability to have free will. Without any sense of desire to do anything other than good, then we're, all we are is just robots. We don't have the desire to go one way. We just want to do good. So the evil inclination gives us the ability to have a free will, to have the desire to do one way or the other, and hence give us the ability to have reward. Give us the ability to get you know where the the purpose of this uh, you know of this world to go into the next world. So what we see over here is something so so important, and especially in dating. That you look at creation, it looks like fail, 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 fail. And at the end it says, and it was very good. Meaning that when you see as a problem is not always a problem. God created the world and it looked like it was making wrong situations. Things were not going into play. Things were not going the way that they were supposed to. And the lesson is that sometimes, and in fact many times, key words over here, imperfection is perfection. Because many times what you see is a problem in the spouse, in the person that you're dating, sometimes, not always, sometimes you have to run the other way. But sometimes you see the imperfection and that really is a perfection for you. I'll give you an example. You look at, for example, at beauty. Beauty, you don't want to be so, so perfect. The imperfection in, in beauty is sometimes the perfection. The easiest way that I could explain this to you is Botox. Sometimes you see a person go, and they're fully Botoxed out. They look like plastic Barbie. Their cheekbones are on their forehead, right? The skin is pulled back. It looks like they're running at 60 miles per hour and everything is like pulled back. They can't smile. They're always in one expression. And, but it's, there's not a wrinkle. Oh, there's nothing going on, everything. And they dyed their, what, I don't know all the details, their eyebrows, their eyelashes, their lipstick, they made, what, they did everything on paper they would be the most perfect, beautiful person in the entire world. But when you look at them, it looks like they're defective. It looks like, you know, someone put them in the microwave for a little bit too long. It looks like, like there's something wrong with it. And the question that you have to ask is, wait a minute, why, why doesn't that look perfect? Why doesn't that look amazing? Why doesn't everybody rush to do that? Because it doesn't look good for most people. Again, in small dosages, yes, there is, there is beauty in it. But when you look at someone that goes to the extreme, it's not beautiful. Why? It's perfect. Everything is perfect. The, everything is symmetrical. Everything's exactly the way that it's supposed to be. And the answer is, is because in the human eyes, imperfection is perfection. When you see someone with natural beauty versus Plastic beauty, I guess, there is a very, very big difference in that. There is a very, very obvious difference in that.
And we have to realize that when you're going and dating or you're going and looking at your spouse and you say, my spouse has X, Y, and Z, or this guy that I'm dating or I'm engaged to has this problem. Yes. And we, it has to be looked into. But sometimes, in fact, many times, that negative aspect, even though it bugs you, it hurts you, it hurts you, it you know, destroys you, but in many times that could actually work for your benefit. You think about somebody who's... Um, no, has issues with patience. No patience. When they order something online, this is how you could tell if you have patience or not. You order something online, you want it here yesterday. You're like, what? Three day shipping? Am- I pay for Amazon Prime. It should be two day shipping. The second day, it's after nine o'clock. You're on Amazon customer service. Where's my product? Well, you told me that it's going to be here on Thursday before 9 p.m. It's right now Thursday at 10 p.m. What's going on? Where's my product? Yeah, I need it. I need it so badly. I, I just can't live without it. I'd be like, oh, you, you're talking about the knapsack, you know, with a bedazzled heart in the front? Be like, yeah, it's very important to me in my spaceship journey that I'm leaving very soon before Shabbos and I need it right now. Like, like we make everything, we need something. So if you have that, if that comes up where you, get, you order something and you, and I'm not talking about like, you know, medication, like that's important. Like, don't be like, well, I have patience. So, you know, I'll wait on my cardiac medication. Like, no, there's certain things that you can't, you have to be impatient for. But you know what I'm talking about? In general, when you have something that you're dealing with that you need it right now, you have to stop for yourself. Wait a minute. Do I have a patience problem? Do I have, but maybe you go and you marry somebody who has plenty of patience and they're able to work it. I'll be like, okay, talk you down off the ledge. Be like, listen, you know, your Hello Kitty knapsack is going to come. Like, don't worry. Like, relax. It's going to be there. There's times where the imperfection, which is really, in your sense, you're the imperfection. You don't have patience. But you really balance it out. You balance it out between you and your spouse. Two alpha personalities have a very, very hard time living together. Two perfect specimen of human beings have sometimes have a very hard time connecting to each other. Because each one has a power alpha personality. So we have to relate and connect to each other. And sometimes there is that puzzle piece where a defect in one actually helps the other. And I'll tell you something even more. So you think, okay, fine. I have a patience issue, so I have to find somebody who has a lot of patience. And you think, okay, it's as easy as making that connection. It's not always. Not sometimes. Many times, we don't even know the issues that we have. Many times, we don't even know what we have to focus on and what we have to work on as as a person. But when we get married... And when we see an issue in our spouse or in our potential spouse, that really should be an inkling of, wait a minute, maybe this is something that I need to work on. Yes, it's very likely they need to work it on as well, but it's also a lens into where you're holding in your life. So we see over here a very, very important introduction to this topic. And that is that an imperfect couple is a perfect couple. An imperfect spouse is many times the perfect spouse. Because you have to realize, if Hashem put you together, there's a reason for it. There's a reason for it. You're here to work on things. You're not here just to cruise by. We would love to just cruise by. Cruise by life and have just everything handled. That would be great. So easy. So enjoyable. Don't need to work. Of course, everybody would want that. Well, not everybody. But most people would want that. But we're here for a reason. We're here for a purpose. So if we have a curveball that's thrown at us, there's a reason why we have that. We have to go and deal with that. So when you're looking and you're dating somebody, or you're looking at the perfect person is not perfect. 
Now, I'm not saying go marry them and be like, oh, let me work on everything. This person is a serial killer. But you know what? I'm going to work on myself to love every person like myself. So, I, you know, no, like, you know, there's, there's, there's a line of where you have to, you have to like draw. But just because someone's not perfect, just because someone doesn't check off everything on your list, it doesn't mean that they're not perfect for you. There are many times that Hashem sends you the perfect person and there's going to be defects and there's going to be issues and that's the most perfect person for you. I'll give you, a, you know, an idea on this. Let's say you go and you buy a house and the house needs work but you have two options. Option number one, is before you move in, you fix it up the way that you like it. You're going to paint it the colors that you like it. You're going to change the fixtures the way that you like it. You're going to furnish it the way you like it. You're going to change the kitchen. You're going to do this. You're going to do a bedroom. Whatever, everything that you need to do, you do it before you move in. And the truth is, it's the easier way. More expensive way, but the easier way. Then, what happens when you do it that way? And you live in it, in the house, for two years, three years. All of a sudden, you start thinking about, you know what? I jumped to put in this light fixture over here, but you know what? What would look really nice in this? A different light fixture. I jumped to make the kitchen this layout, but you know what? It really it would be better if I moved the sink over here, put the oven in the island, you know, you have, and you start moving things around. When you're going and you're living in the house for a while, your vision changes a little bit. So the same ideas that you had when you moved in is not going to be the same ideas that you have two years down the line while you're living in the house. So some people what they do is they move into the house and they slowly fix it up. They sort of live in it and they try to see what needs to be fixed and then they fix it up according to like their mindset. They're not rushed to doing it and they try to do it the best of their, you know, uh, you know, understanding while living in there. Usually that lasts a bit longer, depending on the personality, than somebody that changes their right in the beginning. Also, depending on the personality. So you know what happens in marriage? You look for something. You look for something when you're dating. And you have certain things that must be A, B, C. Those things are must. They're the red flag if they don't have it. And then you find it, let's say. And you get married to that person. And you're married for a few years. But all of a sudden, you know, EFG comes up. Different issues come up. And you know, you know what? You're like, you know what? If I would have been dating, I would have really said, you know what the focus is? The focus really should have been A, F, and G. Like those were the things that were really, really important. Like as you go on, you decide to see like what's different and important for you. The biggest proof of this is, is that you have people that are dating. And when they're in their 20s or their early 20s, I should say, they have certain things that are very, very important for them. And as they get older, the, the, the roles change. And all of a sudden, what was important for them when they were 20 is not as important for them anymore when they're 25. And maybe they didn't get married in the 30 already. So now the things that they were important at 25 is not always important at 30. And things are constantly changing. And I'll tell you even a greater proof to that. When you speak to divorced people, and you know when I speak to divorced people, especially when they're starting to date again, they're like, so what are you looking for? You know what I noticed many times? What they're looking for, what's the most important thing for them, is what they were lacking in the first marriage. So for example, let's say that in the first marriage, the spouse, the husband was very, very cheap. So you want to know what they're looking, the wife is now going to be looking at in the potential husband, somebody who is not cheap. That's what they want to, that's what they want to go and they want to focus on. And the flip side, when we're speaking on financial, sometimes, you know, actually many times, a lot of 
marital issues come up when there's financial issues. So if there's shalom bias issues, it, many times you know it's correlated to the fact that there's money issues, and that really you know results in some stress and anxiety, and you know it breaks up into very easily into fights in the home. So let's say a couple was in this situation that had money issues, and unfortunately they got divorced. The woman now is going and is, or even man now is going and is dating other people. What is one of the most important things? They want to have security, a financial security. They want to have money. So when they were dating originally, money wasn't that important to them. When they were dating originally, the fact that the person was cheap or not wasn't that important to them. But they went through such horrific trauma, this became the most important thing for them. They went and they were married to an angry person. Now they have to make sure that whatever they find is not somebody who's married because they can't. It's sort of like a you know, PTSD, this post-traumatic stress disorder. They can't even think about something like that. So meaning that our things that we decide what is important and red flags for us is a lot of times depending on our surroundings, and that's why it changes as the time goes by. It, depending, it depends on our upbringing. It depends on so many factors. And in many times, even though it may not be a red flag for other people, it really should be a red flag for you because you can't handle that. So I'm not saying that's a wrong way to look at things, but that's a red flag that sort of came upon yourself based on, you know, based on the situation that you are in. Versus a red flag that's a red flag across the board. A red flag like in all situations. So yeah, I hope you understand the difference over here. There's, a, there's red flags that's because of me. And there's red flags because those are red flags. So we want to differentiate between, between these two. We're going to put a little bit of a pause on this. And uh, you know, I, I want to transition into a, I guess a subcategory of when you're dating for somebody, when you're dating with somebody, I don't know, for somebody, when you're dating someone, what are things that you should think about while you're dating? What are things that you should look at? Now, this is not an all-inclusive list. This is, you know, this is a very fluid list, and this is a list that's just some of the important things. There are many other important things, and we're only going to speak about uh, you know, some of them. Number one, and this is in no way a, a, in any particular order. Number one is, do you share the same values? You're dating a guy. Do you share the same values as this guy? And if you don't know what that means, then there's bigger issues. Do you have values? What I mean by that is, is what is your highest priorities? What is so important to you? And if you don't know how to answer that question, then you have to stop and think, you know, how do you find somebody else to, to, to sort of spend the rest of your time when you don't know yourself yet. And I'm not saying wait until you figure yourself out to get married and you have to go and travel to Tibet and travel up these mountains and try to isolate and ponder and think about who you are. And then maybe when you're 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 years old, you'll be ready for marriage. I'm not talking about that situation. I'm talking about the fact that you have to stop for maybe a day or two or maybe a week and try to think, what is my priorities? What do I want? What is my values in my life? And I'll give you an example. Let's say for, for, um, for prayer, let's say. So let's say a woman has prayer extremely, extremely important for her. Very, very important. Tefillah for her is very, she always talks to HaKadosh Baruch it's, it's so important for her. She never misses a prayer. She always says Tehillim. It's something that's very, very important. So this is something that is very, very important for you. 
So if it's very, very important for you, you want to make sure that it's also important for your potential spouse. You want to make sure you have that same value. Because what happens is, is if it's so important for you, you're waking up at Vasik and you're waking up at sunrise and you're going and you're praying. And meanwhile, your husband is snoring and snoozing and he wakes up at 10 o'clock and maybe he prays in, you know, in the closet for like five minutes, then he runs out, that's going to be a big, big issue. So you want to know what's, a, what's your value, what's your highest priority, do you share those priorities? Another example is, is, is the Torah, you know, is Torah so important to you? And if it is, you want to make sure, and it should be, that your husband also has that importance to it. You know, you have sometimes uh, a woman, you know, that, you know, and I've spoken to, to a few people in this category, where I asked them, is it important that your husband goes to Minyan? They say, uh, you know, like, oh, I would like it. You know, like, of course, it's the right answer, but I like, am I going to get upset? Like, not necessarily. I'm not perfect. That's the greatest answer I get. I say, is this important? Oh, I'm not perfect. So how can I expect him to be perfect? Which is true. But it's really more of a problem in you right now that, than, you know, than, than your future husband. But you go and you, let's say you speak to a woman about, about learning. A person goes and, um, you know, you ask a woman, do, do you want a husband that goes and learns? Maybe he can learn every single night, but a few nights a week, let's say. It'll be very lenient. A few nights a week. Goes and learns. Be like, oh, it'll be nice, but, I, you know, I don't necessarily need that. I don't want that. And she goes and she marries a guy that doesn't have that. Is not interested in learning. And then what happens? All of a sudden, she realizes the importance of learning. She starts listening to like, and all of a sudden, it be, she's like, wait a minute, I didn't realize learning Torah is so important. I didn't realize praying with a minyan is so important. I didn't realize all this. All of a sudden, it becomes important to you. And then what happens? And then you look at your husband and be like, well, it's not important to him. So you're looking at things that are, that, that maybe weren't important for you before all of a sudden become, this is where things sort of transition and change. So you have to stop and think, like, where are you going? Where is your focus? You're building a family. Do you want your husband to go and pray with Minyan? Or do you don't mind that you're going to have teenage boys who are after Bar Mitzvah and they see that Daddy or Tati or Abba or Pops or whatever is going and he's snoring on Sunday until, mid, until noon and not praying? And is that, that's not going to bother you? So you have to stop and think in the future a little bit. We are your values. And if you're not there as a person, then the question is, are you, are you able to grow there? Are you able to get there? And, and if it is, then that should be your value right here, right now. You might not be there yet, but that's where you should be focusing on. And I'm not saying you should have a big gap. That's a very, very big problem. We're going to speak about that a little bit later. But you have to figure out who you are. The, por- the, the point that I want to bring out is you have to figure out who you are and what you want out of life. And then you can start figuring out what you're looking for. Sometimes it's simple, you know, values, simple priorities. Let's, some people... There's, let's say there's a wife, there's a girl that always would want to have guests. It's so important for her. She grew up in a house that she always had, the door was always open, there was guests. When you're getting, you're dating a guy and this is something that's so important to you, you want to make sure that the guy is, will, some, you know, some guys be like, no, I just want to eat quickly, I don't want to sleep for 12 hours until I have to pray again. Or whatever it is, they're not interested in guests, they're not interested in hosting. So you have to make sure some of these priorities, they match up. Now that being said, you also have to realize that some of the priorities are really priorities, and some of them is like not really so prior. Like it could be a priority where you are right now, but you have to think: Is this really a priority? Is this something that I cannot bend? And I'll give you an example. Let's say somebody goes, a girl. You go to a girl. A girl says, "You know what's important to me? I love traveling. I want to travel the world. I want to take a ship and sail it around the world. And I want to fly around the world. And I want to go to outer space. I want to see everything and everything and in different you know universes. Like just wants to travel all the time." And that's great, and that's, you know, majority of people would always love to do that. 
I'd be like, I'm only going to go and marry a guy who loves to travel. You know how long that you're going to be able, unless you're marrying a multimillionaire, a multi-billionaire, you're going to end up be able to travel for the first few years. But once you have a family, where well, you're going to start picking everybody up and traveling to Switzerland and going to Europe. And if it is, it's going to be very rare. So it's a priority. Yes, in a sense, it is a priority, but it's a short-term priority. You're not going to be able to go and you know travel every single year for vacations. Maybe you're going to be able to do that first year, but you're not going to be able to do that. So how much of a strong priority is that? And for some people, it's your heart value. It's something that is extremely important. And fine, to each their own. But you have to think about it. When I have a priority, where do I rate this priority? How high is this priority in my list that I must need? And you have to stop and think, okay, like I'm 20 years old now. I'm 25 years old now. Is this going to be the same priority when I'm 30? When I'm 35? Is this something that I'm going to want for my future? It's very, very important that you're, you realize that you're building your future. You're not building your tomorrow. You're building the rest of your life. So you have to realize not only what I want my priority right now, what do I want my priority for the future? Another good question that you have to think about and ask and look at at a potential spouse is how are you going to raise children? Now, the way that people usually do ask this question will be like, do you want to send them to yeshiva? Which, depending on who, whatever person you're dating. And the other question usually that goes up, do you want to have a TV in the house? But that's not the big, those are big questions, yes, but that's not where you have to go and focus. How are you going to raise your children? Are you going to go out with them? Do you want to have a relationship with them? Are you going to go and you're going to do a homework with them? Are you going to make sure? Like, what is going to be important for you? What type of schools do you want? What type of upbringing? You have to go into de- Are you going to let your children watch YouTube? Are you going to let your children go on certain... Like, where are you... Like, there, again, you don't, end, you don't ask this on the first date. All right? Because if somebody asks on the first date, then the other guy is going to go running. And rightfully so. But as it gets closer to marriage, these are important values that you have to think about the future. Like, where I am, where am I going to be in 15 years? And what do I want my life to be like? Does this man or does this woman do, is that going to connect? The next thing is, is also very important is spiritual growth. There are some people that are very happy where they are. And the problem, the really, the hard part of finding this is that you ask anybody, you know, again, the, the question that is asked is so superficial. Do you want to grow spiritually? Oh, of course. I'm always growing spiritually. I always want to expand my horizon. But that's what people just say. Like, does somebody really want to grow? You have to, it's, it's a difference between like saying, yes, I want to grow and actually wanting to grow. There's a very, very big difference. I, I have spoken to people 15 years ago that their desire is to grow, but they have stayed exactly the same for the past 15 years. If you have a desire to grow, then you should have done at least something. So you want to know how you're able to, to differentiate, to say if the person really wants to grow, is are they growing right now? Are they going and or are they happy where they are and says, this is me, take it or leave it. So if you, it's important for you, the spiritual level of spiritual growth, look at how they're going. And how do you know if they're growing? Are they going to pray with a miyana? Are they going and they're learning? This is the most important part probably for growth. Are they learning? Because how are you going to grow if you don't know, learn? You have to know what to grow. You have to know what to go and, and, and to work on. This is where learning is so important. So are they going and do they have that value of growth? Do you have the value of growth? In the past three years, what have you grown in? What have you changed in? Yes, we're humans and sometimes we fall, but did you grow? Are you going in an upward trajectory or are you going downwards? You have to figure out where you are. Again, these questions are very important to look at at a potential spouse, but it's also very important for you to look at yourself. 
Another thing that is surprisingly important is where you want to live. Like I remember I had a student a way back where they wanted to make an aliyah. They, they, it was like a must for them. So it, it would make no sense for them to date somebody who doesn't want, have no interest in moving to Israel. If that is one of the great, and, and in fact it, became, it was such a big thing that it was the first thing that they, they required. They're like, the first thing that I want, I want to make sure that this person is willing to go and make aliyah, go move to Israel. I want to move to Israel. So it's some things that are so important, you have to make sure that that, that you know, correlates. But not always does it work out when you ask all the questions and you try to figure out. And I'll give you an example. There was once a, um, a person that came from a family that didn't have a lot of money. And the family, like, were, they looked at every penny. Like you had to buy the cucumbers from one store. And then you had to go to another store to buy the bread. And then to buy the meats, you have to go to the freezer section and another store. And they had every cent they had to go. And you drive 6,000 miles to get 10 cents gas cheaper. Everything was... And this girl grew up in this house. And she's like, I, I can't stand it. She's like, I, 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 I want somebody that doesn't have that penny. And they, they had to pinch every cent. Why? Because they didn't have, they didn't have money. So she decides that she's going to go and she's going to marry somebody who has money. So she ended up marrying a, somebody who was a professional, went to college, has a degree, got a job, and, and works at that job. And she thought, okay, it was a very well-to-do job. I remember if it was a lawyer, a doctor, something like that. And um, she said, okay, now, now I found somebody who had money, I don't have to live this way anymore. It turns out that this guy ended up being cheaper than her family. He had the money. It was in the bank, but it was cheaper than it was than you know than than uh, than than she had growing up. So many times we go when we have things that are very very important for us, and we think and we check them off the list. But then what happens? It turns out that it didn't work out. And other times there are things that are very very important on our list, and it doesn't check out when we're dating. And then we get married, and everything starts checking out. Now at this point, what I where you're probably holding is super confused. Because I just told you there are so many things that you should look at. And then I told you it doesn't mean that you're going to find it. And even sometimes you'll find something that is negative and it's going to end up turning positive. And the reason why I'm bouncing back and forth is because you really have to be fluid in where you're, what you're looking at. Yes, we have to do our due diligence. Yes, we have to do our research. And yes, we have to do the best you know, ability we have to look at to, you know, in a potential spouse. But just because someone is lacking in something... And you have to really think about it. It's not something I'd be like, okay, well, you know, we've been dating for a year or six months or six weeks, wherever it is, and uh, let's just get married because it, hopefully it will work out. No. You have to do your ishtadut. You have to do the effort and the work in there. But at the end of the day, you have to realize that things can swing either way. We have to realize that we're not con- in a control of our destiny. We have the ability to go and we have the free will to choose and free will to decide and free will, we, we have everything. And we have to utilize that. But at the end of the day, we have to realize that it's all from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Everything, things could flip out on its side. That being said, these are things that are very important. And you have to focus and you have to look at and you have to work on it. If you're lacking on it. But when you're, when you're dating somebody and there's issues in these areas, I can't tell you how strongly I could recommend speak to somebody else. Speak to somebody else that's you know, in the, in, in this department, whether it's a marriage counselor, a rabbi, a therapist, even a parent, it, like, speak to somebody who has, a mentor, let's leave it at that, speak to that mentor, be like, okay, this is what I want, this is where he's holding, what do you think, 
Like, where am I? What should I do? We have to be very, very fluid, and but we also have to be very, very intellectual. And it's a very, very fine balance, because we're not dealing with something that's black and white. We're dealing with a human being which is so many shades of gray, and every color in the rainbow. Like, there's so many different aspects to, 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 to look at. Okay, now, <clears throat> when looking at someone, when, when trying to figure out what you want in that person, and you find a person that you're dating, and things are going good, and you find some issues, and you will find for some issues. If you don't find some issues, that's probably a problem. You, everybody has issues. So even though they have issues, you have to figure out how much of a problem are those issues. And this is where you have to sort of separate the concept of being picky versus being choosy. Like, picky people, it's a very, very hard road. And I'll, and I'll tell you, give you an example. Let's say um, you want somebody who's the best looking, has the most money, is very funny, happy, makes me laugh, makes me cry when I... Like, like there's a whole list of things that they could possibly, you know, do. It could be literally, he is a CEO of the largest company, he's also a Rosh Hashiva, he's also a Shatrim on, you know, whatever, between 9 and 9.01 because he's so busy. And he also does chesed because he feeds the homeless. He also builds homes for the homeless. And then he goes and he has, you know, a Fortune 500 company, uh, he gives shiurim every single night. He also spends time with me every single night. Um, he is the most attractive person in the world. He has the, the greatest midos in the world. And the list just goes on and on. And be like, this is what I want. Is it so much to ask for? It's only gazillion things that I want. Like, like, is that, like, really can't, why am I not married, God? Like, why am I not married? Like, I what am I asking for? All I'm asking for is a Rosh Hashiva who's a CEO, who's a multimillionaire, who spends all the time with me, he's very good looking, and he's very healthy, and he's the best person in the world. Like, what, is it that much to ask for? I prayed two years ago the whole Tehillim one time, I think I said every other word. Like, I'm such a good person, like, why can't I get it? So we have all our list of what we want. And it's very important to know what you want. And I'll tell you even furthermore, you want to go and you want to purchase something. So there's two types of people. You, now it's all online shopping. But back in the day when people actually went to visit the brick and mortar stores, you walk into a store. If you know exactly what you want, your shopping experience is very simple. You go over to the guy who's walk, working there and be like, excuse me, where do you have X, Y, and Z size a, B, C, whatever it is, and, uh, you know, like, wh where do you have it? They direct you, you go, you pick it up, you go to the cash register, he says, ring me up, please, and you're out the door. Done. You know what you want, you went, you got it, done. Then you have somebody else walks in the store, looks at the lighting, and they look at the shelves, and then they start looking through the entire rack, and then they look through it again, because they were spacing out the first time. Then they look through it again because they think maybe they missed something. And then they find something that they like. And then they have to figure out the size. And be like, three years ago, I, I don't know how women's size work. I, I know for some reason there's a zero in there, which I don't know how. The, there's like there's a negative, if I don't know, whatever it is. Like it makes a zero, whatever. They go and be like, okay, well, two years ago, I was a size 2, B, C, whatever it is. I don't know. And now I'm a size 4, 6, 8. But maybe this is how you go. And you start figuring out your size. 16 hours later, it's a 24 hour store. 16 hours, whatever, it's a story. You go and you try to figure out, then you put it on. Then you start asking any, everybody in the room, what do you think I look in this? I think it's good. I don't know. Like, you know, the, you know like, so undecisive. And then you feel like, you know what? I gotta think about it. 
Two years go by, you finally come back and you decide to purchase the thing right next to it. And you come over there. You, you know, you're never sure what you want. And then you finally you come, you figure it out. You want to buy a pair of shoes? Six hours, you're looking in the mirror. Do I look good in this? Do I look good in this angle? Do I look in that angle? Let me see how comfortable it is. How is it going to walk in this? What can I wear with this? Can I wear this with this? I can wear that with this. Okay, but then I'm all these things. And then 14 hours later, your husband wants to divorce you. And, uh, you know, your children don't know where you are. You're missing mommy because she's been shopping for shoes. With and you have no idea what you want. So you have two different people over here. You have one who is decisive, knows exactly what they want. They get it. Shalom Ali Yisrael. Husband's happy. Children are happy. Everyone's singing and dancing. Then you have another person who doesn't have a clue what they want. They walk into the store. They still don't know what they want when they leave. So what's the right way that you need to go? You think about it. The best way, the best person over here is the person that knows exactly what they want and they get it. And the answer is no, not necessarily. Not for dating. Well, for other things in life, yeah, it's probably good to have that personality. Because if you know exactly what you want in dating, and be like, this is what I want, then you're not going to be happy until you find everything on your list. You have to have a list. You have to know what you want, but that list has to be a little bit fluid. You have to have some flexibility in it. You have to have some movement that you can have, okay, well, this is important, but this outweighs one another. And again, at the end of the day, if you're not sure, you have to go and find somebody to speak to, of course. But you have to have that flexibility. Now, things that, that is so important, that is across the board, that you need to look at is, if you ask me, the, one of the first things to look at is health, physically and mentally. Now, of course, if you're someone who is maybe, you know, has some sort of physical issue or mental issue, or even if you're someone that is okay with it, then fine. Like I was speaking to someone recently that was dating somebody that had an issue, had a health issue. And I kept on going back and I kept on asking them, I'm like, are you sure you're okay? And they're like, yeah, I'm fine with it. I'm like, if that's the situation, then fine. But Many people don't even bother thinking or looking about it. And in fact, when people go and people call me up as, ref- you know, as a reference, and they ask me this question, I usually tell them, thank you. Thank you for asking this question, because I don't get this question enough. I say, is this person mentally healthy? Like, this is so important. Why aren't people asking more of this question? Like, what, first question, do they have good midos? First of all, no one even knows what that means. Like, what good midos? Yeah, she smiles at when people. It's a good meadows. Yeah, she's she's nice. But that's not good meadows. Like what? What is like? You know, you think about it. Like I get this question all the time. You, the question that just like I, I don't even know where to begin is I get a phone call. Be like, hey, you're on the reference for you know Mr. or Mrs. X Y and Z. Miss X Y and Z uh, shouldn't be Mrs. That would be a problem. And he says, hey, you're uh, you know for this uh, particular person, and I'm like, yes. Can I? You know, what can I do for you? Can you tell me about them? I'm like. You know, they have two eyes, ears, they like walking. Uh, you know, like, you know, I, I could tell you a lot about them. Can you tell me what you're looking for? And then maybe I could tell. Like, for one person, they'll be good for a Rashiva. For other person, they'll be good for, you know, somebody who sells drugs. I don't know. Like, there's two different people. Like, you have to go and you have to guide. Usually when I get that question, it's either it's a very smart question or it's a very dumb question. I'll tell you why. Because if someone calls me up and tells me, can you tell me about the person? The reason why it could be a dumb question is the person doesn't know what to ask. But the reason why it could be a very smart question is because there's, everybody has something that sticks out. And when somebody goes and asks me that question, it could be what they're looking for. is like, I want to know what sticks out about that person. So you could tell me, oh, this person does chesed. That means that this is what you know, embodies that person. This person always smiles, always a happy person. So in one sense, it could be a brilliant question. In another sense, it could be a silly, you know, useless, useless question. But... 
when you speak about midos, you have to figure out, like, what does that even mean? You're asking somebody, you call them, do they have good midos? Uh, yeah, they didn't murder anybody in the past week, so they had pretty good meetings. Yeah, they're very good. Like, uh, what? What is good meetings? Do they get angry? Are they a happy person? Are they sad a lot? Do they cry? Like, we're, we're, you know, do they want to help? Like, and in fact, when you deal with mitos, even though mitos is so important, it's so important. In fact, and this is what we mentioned last week, I believe, that Rabbi Victor Miller says that the first question you should ask, even before mitos, is are they healthy? Before you even deal, because somebody can have good mitos, but they're not healthy, so how are they going to be able to go and, and relate to you as a spouse? But when you think about good midos, the thing that comes up all the time, and it really should be because it's super important, it's not about are, do they have good midos, you know, in school? Do they have good midos, which tells you a lot, but you want to know really where do you figure out that person? Do they have good midos at home? Do they have good midos when no one's watching? And how are you going to tell that? It's very, very difficult. But once you're dating somebody for a while and they, you go and you eat a meal at their house on Shabbat or whatever it is, you get to pick up on little nuances. There where you're slowly able to figure out the midos of a person. Okay, it's getting late. I don't want to make this into another class because I keep on stretching and stretching this out. So let's move on. Another important aspect to look at is the frumkai level. I don't remember if I spoke about this Last week I spoke about it in a different class. I, you know, truth is, I don't remember if it was recorded. Maybe I didn't even record this. This uh, thing. I, I can't tell you how important it is the frumkite level. I had a girl that one time came over to me. She was a student of mine for about two, three years, and she was dating a guy who I knew very, very well. And she asked me about him, and I said, "Not." I, I didn't recommend it. I didn't. Rec- I was wrong. Because they ended up getting married. But in a sense, unfortunately, I was right where I didn't want to be right. They ended up getting married. And I, and I told her, I said, listen, you're at a much higher level than him. It, it, it's, I don't recommend it. I, I don't recommend that he's going to, you know, he's gonna bring, it's easier to bring someone down than bring someone up. And they ended up getting married. And he brought her down. Big time. Big time brought her down. And, you know, like I wish I wouldn't be right in that, but... That, you know, obviously, you know, they got married and they were supposed to get married, but there was a big sacrifice in the spiritual realm that, that happened because of that. So when you're going, you're dating somebody, you want to know how from that person is. What's the lifestyle that they have? And, and I can't tell you how many times I see where you have great high-level people, like spiritually high-level. They go and they marry somebody slightly more modern and they start pulling them down. And if let's say the let's say the guy is more modern, so the first few years the girl is strict to where they where she was in seminary and in high school, but over time, the skirt starts getting shorter, the hair starts getting revealed more, praying less, you know, listening to lectures never, you know, like this thing. English music starts to become part of the family tradition with the road trips and the kids now sing English music. It becomes the, the, you could see the the fall in it. I, I, I've literally seen that, and it's like crazy how like they they probably don't realize it, but you could actually see the downfall in it. And it could go the other way also. You marry a guy marries a woman that's more modern, and all of a sudden, you know, minyan doesn't become so important. Going to learn anymore doesn't become so important. And slowly, slowly, they 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 really you know lose where they were holding. And I can't tell you how important it is to realize. To, I always say you should marry more or less the same level, but if you could, slightly higher, just slightly higher, so you have something that you're 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 growing with. So. That's also a very, very important aspect is what's the from level? What's the from kite level of this person that I'm dating? Another thing that's also very important is does this person that you're dating, do they agree with you on your opinions? 
Now, they don't have to agree with anything. They don't have to be a yes man or a yes girl. They don't have to go and say yes to everything. But do they argue on anything? I knew a guy who, like, this is back when I was single even. You couldn't even talk to him because everything he had to be right in. And it wasn't even, it, sometimes it wasn't even an argument. But he had to just like, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a self-esteem issue. I, I don't know what it was. But it was something that was so bothered like like it was just like i guess the word is annoying i, I, I don't know it's like they, they had to always be right and because of that they appeared very argumentative they 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 appeared that they always you know discredited the other person so if you're dating somebody and you give your opinion and all of a sudden he's like well no i don't agree with that and they're always arguing and everything you say you know like that is something that you really need to look into and by the way, we're going to be speaking about all the things that you look into and uh, call red flags or, or how are, you know, or being picky. Not everything, not everything that we say is a problem. Like sometimes a problem is in a minute scale, meaning that, let's speak about, let's say this thing, or the argument, the, the agree with your opinion. A person doesn't have to agree with everything that you say. That that's only human, that they, there's some sort of disagreement, there's some sort of different opinions. After all, we each have our own personality, or each, you know, psychology, and we each have our own, you know, uh, way that we see things. So we could be, uh, we could be in, a, in, in agreement with one, a disagreement with one another. That's not wrong. You know, the, the from lifestyle, maybe you're not on the same level, it's not wrong. Like a lot of these things can be a problem, but it could also not be a problem. So if everything is going great, and there's a few issues that you're not sure about it, please speak to somebody. Please, because sometimes it's not so much of a problem. Sometimes it, it could be worked on. So keep this, these like red flags that were, some of them are orange, yellowish, but so these flags, some of them are not always so much problematic because even anger, for example, you know, I, I speak so strongly against anger. I said, if the guy, you know, especially when I speak to the girls, if the guy is angry, run the other way. Run, really run, because it's so hard to deal with someone who's angry. But at the end of the day, many people get angry. Almost everybody gets angry. The real question is, is that, okay, they got angry, but how long does it last? What triggers them? Can they be appeased? There's so many nuances that you have to think of. So even if there's something that's a red flag, that's a red flag, but then you have to look into it because sometimes a red flag is only like, you know, like in, in certain scenarios. And, but everything else is perfect. So even red flags, you have to really look into. You have to really say, okay, wait a minute, but is it a red flag or is it not? And because you're so much invested in it, it's very, very much advised that you go speak to somebody who's outside this, the, you know, this emotional circle that you've had between you and your potential spouse and say, where do you think this is? And that will hopefully guide you a little bit. The next thing that you need to look at is can you be open and honest with this person? You don't want to feel, say this is the problem when you marry somebody, let's say that it's a much higher level than you, which is good and bad. But the bad part is, well, I don't know if it's good. Well, there, there is some issues with that. Like you want to be open and honest. I had a person that I was speaking to that used to hide everything from his wife. And it was so bad. Like, you know, like... He was a good guy, but he had some like issues. You know, he had some desires and issues, and some of them weren't always the worst things, but he couldn't be open and honest with his wife. So he did it while hiding. Uh, you know, let's use a simple example. Let's say smoking. Let's say a wife, the girl hates smoking, but the guy needs to smoke. So he would smoke, 
And then he would just spray himself all the perfume, mouthwash, gum, and everything to try to uh, avoid getting caught. You have to realize you're not marrying a mashkiach, you're not marrying your mother, you're marrying your sp- you have to be open and honest. So you have to think, do you feel comfortable being open and honest with this person? Now, you have to also realize, this is not going to happen initially. The first day, you're not going to be like, well, let me tell you all my darkest, deepest secrets that, you know, if people hear about it, they should be probably locked up for. Like, you know, you don't want to share just everything on. But as you're getting closer to engagement, do you feel like this is somebody that you could open up to? Do you feel that this is somebody that you could be honest to? And if you don't, if you feel like you can't be open and honest with this person, then that could be a red flag. That could be a flag. I don't know, was it red? It could be a flag. But you have to ask yourself, before you make this into a red flag, you have to ask yourself, is the fact that I can't be open or honest his fault or my fault? Some people have a very hard time opening up. And that's fine in the beginning. But when you're married, do you still have a hard time opening up to your spouse? Do you still have a hard time going and talking to your spouse? Maybe that's your spouse's fault. Maybe that's your fault. But the first question that you have to ask, is it my fault? Maybe I'm, I don't have the personality that's okay, you know what? Let me speak to my spouse. But maybe because I don't have a high self-esteem and I think they're going to look down at me, I feel like I can't speak to, I can't open up. So really, it's not a red flag in them. It's a red flag in you. It's a red flag that's something that you have to work on. The next thing that you should look on is communication. Now, you have to be able to communicate but I can't stress this enough. It doesn't have to be perfect, especially not in the beginning. Especially not in the beginning. Because in the beginning, you have to realize he's a guy, you're a girl. You're two different species. <laughs> you know, like, you're two different, you know, like, like, like genders that think differently, work differently, emotions are different. The, the communication in the beginning may not be the best. But is it something that can, can be worked on? Is it something that can be focused on? It can be, communication is so huge in marriage. It's so huge in marriage. And people automatically, they think, okay, I can't communicate, must be it's bad. Sometimes yes, but, but hold on, maybe it's not. Maybe it's something that we have to like tweak a little bit. And there's many times when, you know, people were dating and they were speaking to me and there was just a little bit tweak and, and it worked out. And sometimes it didn't. Sometimes the communication still... So there's different things that you have to really look at to see, is it red flag or is it not? Another very important thing that is unfortunately very much overlooked, this part. I don't know, this part very much... I guess people don't think about it too much, but it's so important. Is there respect? Do you respect him? Does he respect you? I don't know why people overlook this so much. It doesn't come on the radar. Uh, it's something that is so important. And you have to, you can really answer for yourself, you know, do you look up to him? And, and if it's a guy, do you look up to her? Do you value her opinions? Do you, is there respect of the Respect is very, very important. And this leads us into the next one, which is something that's also extremely important and also not looked at, you only looked at usually when there's a problem. Do you trust this person? Is there a trust? And I'm not saying like sometimes people, and I'm only saying this, I say this often, I, maybe I shouldn't, but I, I mean, I speak to a lot of people, sometimes you meet people and like, you know, like, you know, you just don't trust them. There's just something, there's a vibe that just comes off and you're like, ah, no, I would not let them babysit, you know, not my children, not my money, not my, you know, 
house. Like, you know, I was like, just no. Nuh-uh. You know, like, and I, you know, and there's a lot to speak about that. Like, you know, you, just because you don't trust the person's face doesn't mean that it's a problem. But when you're dating somebody, and, you know, some of the things that, like, trigger, this is really more, the example I'm going to give is more based on the guy or the girl. Oh, the truth is it could go both ways. Is, does the, does the part, does the potential spouse constantly call you and be like, what you doing? Where are you? Who are you hanging out with? And after you hang out with somebody or you go out with your friends, what, where were you? What did you do? What did you talk about? So sometimes it's nice. Sometimes they just want to be like, oh, you know, like want to be involved. And that's a good thing. And sometimes it's like, no, that's like a, that's like a, not only a trust issue, that's also a, you know, sort of a uh, issue where, where you're, there's going to be, oh man, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, come on. Jealous. Not not jealous, but close to that. Somebody who is, makes makes you do everything according to what they exactly what they want. Oh, this is gonna bother me. We're gonna come back to this because we're gonna figure this out. Possess something like possessive, but the different controlling. Controlling. Thank you, thank you. Manipulator, controlling. Thank you. Ah, this is why you need to give a class to people. Because what I'm gonna sit over here. I'm gonna be you know mumbling for about a half hour trying to figure out what the word is. Controlling. Thank you. This is the part where it could be um, uh, you know going on on controlling, manipulating. This is something that that and it's sometimes related to trust. So if somebody's got has a trust issue, if you don't trust that, that's that's a that person. It's a big problem. That's a big problem if you don't trust that. I you know I know somebody that was dating somebody. We're gonna get married, but there was a trust issue. And it kept on going back to this trust issue, and they couldn't they couldn't go forward with the marriage. They couldn't go they, because the, the, there was a lack of trust. Like the, the tr- you can't date somebody and always think, okay, wait a minute, what are they doing now? Who are they with? What's going on? Now sometimes, sometimes it's on you. It's because you have a, you know, your 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 brain starts working overtime. When when I did. I didn't mean crazy. I meant working overtime. <laughs> you know, like a choo-choo train. You know, like you're, you're going and you're working overtime. Be like, wait a minute. What is he going? He didn't answer my call. Okay, where is he going? Oh, is he, you know, some people, when they don't, when a potential, when a spouse does, let's say, doesn't answer a call, thinks, is everything okay? Is everything yeah? Other people, the first thing I think about, it, who is he with? What is he doing? Who, you know, what's going on? You know, like, <clears throat> start interrogating him, try everything that, that happened. So the question you have to ask is, do you trust this person? Very, very important. The next thing is, is, also important, but eh, there, there is flexibility in this, is what do your family, friends, mentor, parents, very important parents actually, what do your parents think about this potential spouse? If everybody that you speak to says, not a good guy, stay far away, that should really put something, if everybody is saying there's a problem with this guy or there's a problem with this girl, you know, look into it. I'm not saying drop it, but definitely look into it. You really have to go when you're really looking at all these issues and, and you're looking at a potential spouse. I can't stress how important it is that are you willing to marry this person as they are right now without any change, without any like improvements? Are you, if you are willing to marry them as they are, package deal, then go for it. But if you're not willing, I'm not saying drop it because many times it's a lacking in a person themselves is what they need to focus on. Like many times you'll be like, you know what? No, I want him to be more outgoing, more bubbly, more blah, 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 any other thing else that falls under the radar. And 
sometimes it's something that they really need to, and sometimes it's something that you have to focus on. And I don't know if you've been getting where I've been going with this past two classes. It's when you're dating somebody, it's not only about figuring out the other person and finding the other person, it's really about figuring out yourself and improving yourself and you becoming the perfect spouse. Another thing that you want to look at is can that person compromise? Is the person flexible? Or is the person very rigid in everything that they want and it has to go their way? And you also have to think about yourself. Can you compromise? Are you willing to be flexible? Are you willing to go and say, okay, you know what? This is important for me, but you know what? I'm going to go and say, no, you know what? I'm gonna, my husband wants this, my wife wants this. I'm able to go back. Another thing is, we're almost finished over here, is, uh, the, is looks. Looks is very, very important. You have to be attracted to this person that you're marrying. Uh, I did give a class. Yeah, I gave a whole class just on this topic, on looks. And I feel like it's, it's, nowadays it's very, very important. I used to say, and I'm only saying this based off what I speak to people, and I used to say this was really important for guys. But the more that I speak to people, the more it is in the, you know, in the female world as well. This is very, very important. And, and the reason why I'm saying it is because I speak to people and this is one of the things that they can't go through. And in fact, when somebody is about to get engaged, I ask them a few questions. You know, I, I go through this, if they call me, I don't call anybody, I hear you're about to get engaged, let me ask you a few questions. If they call me and be like, about to get engaged, you know, like I want to ask, I always ask them a few questions. One of them is, how is it in the looks department? Or do you feel attracted to that person? And just based on the fact of what I've been dealing with, I find I see how important this is now. And in the olden days, maybe it used, not used to be as important, but this is very, very important. But that being said, being very particular in looks is very, very important, but it's not always in the other person's hand, meaning it's not always that your spouse has to be the most beautiful person in the world. Sometimes it's you. You know, when a person goes and they look at the entire world and they're online in the magazines and they see all the most beautiful people in the entire world, people that work out for 12, 15, 20, 60 hours a day and they go and they have these spa treatments and everything else and they say, oh, that's what I want in a wife or that's what I want in a husband. That becomes a problem, problem, but it's not because of the lack of the husband. The husband is just a regular, normal, good-looking guy, or the girl is a very good-looking girl. But the problem is you. The problem is that you are going for expectations that are beyond reasonable, you know, capabilities. So sometimes it's it's about you, and it's not only that. It's also, and, and the reason why I say also it's women. I, I've spoken to to women that are dating, and they're like, no, I only want a guy who's very, very attractive. And I'm like, and I start digging a little bit into it. I said, like, can you explain me a little bit what you do? What, like, what, what goes on? It turns out, nine out of ten times, these girls, or it's even guys, but it's also in the, in the girls, they're on Instagram the whole time. They're, re- they're reading up all celebrity gossip. This is what they're surrounding themselves with. The people that they focus only on, on, on looks. And they, besides the fact that they put, you know, thousands of, thousands upon the, of dollars in their looks and they don't work so they're working out all the time and they're going and they spend all the crazy amount of money on clothing and plastic surgery and all these things. And this is what they want. So when I go and I ask a person, okay, are you attracted to this person? It's not only the fact is that person attracted to you, but do you work on yourself not to look at the entire world and build yourself of what you need to be on the highest level and that you're only going to get attracted into that type of person, uh, you know, or, you know, men or women, it doesn't matter. So looks is important, but sometimes it's really on you to work on it, not on the potential spouse to be the most beautiful person. It's really you to focus on. There's a lot to speak about that, but we spoke about that previously. If anybody wants to... Look up that class. It's a class I gave 
uh, maybe 2016 or 2017, and the title was something about plastic surgery. Do you need to make your spouse have plastic surgery to make them more beautiful? Something else, I don't remember. But something else has to do with plastic surgery. So if you go to Tori Time and you just go on their my page and you search plastic surgery, that's the only one that comes up. But I, I feel like that's very, very important, especially if this is something that speaks to you and this is something that you have an issue with. Okay, next is important, is a good family. Now this is important, but yeah, let's speak a little bit about this. You're going to have children. You want the children to have good grandparents, good aunts, good uncles. But it doesn't mean that you have to break it off if it's from a divorced family, if the, one of the family the members are not religious. You know, there, there's a lot of flexibility over here, but there is a nice importance to having a good family. The next thing we got to go because it's getting a little bit late. Do you feel secure? I mean, or better yet, does that person make you feel insecure? That's a better better look. Does a spouse make you feel insecure? And this could be because of criticism. It could be from a bunch of different things. So these are things that you have to go and you have to look at also. Uh, and the final thing that I, want, that I do want to mention on this is, especially if it's a guy, does the guy have a rabbi? You know, I, I can't say how important it is. But again, if you're marrying a, mar- uh, like a modern guy, he's probably not going to have a rabbi. He's probably not, you know, and, and it is a problem. But it's such a great thing to have a rabbi because... It's like having a mentor, a guy, someone who's, who's a guidance for you in, in life and could sort of, has experience in life, knows how to guide you. It, it comes so important. So that is also something very, very important to, uh, to, look, to look into. Now, I, I want to I bring up before we end, there's a few things I wanted to bring up. I can't, we're going a little bit over time, but I, I, I want to I finish this topic. So, you know, please bear with me. There was a question that was asked, um, was, was, what are things that you, are, you should not tolerate? Like red flags, they should run the other way without any questions asked. And that's a very hard question. Because like I said before, even if you're dealing with anger, which is a very bad thing, but everybody gets angry to a certain point. So there's a lot of subcategories that you have to ask for. So when, you're, when, when I was asked this question, like what's something that you can't tolerate and right away you have to run away? Like the two things that came up to my mind is if you're dating somebody that's currently married, run away. And if you're dating somebody that's wanted for murder, run away. Like, those are the two things that like, came up to my mind and be like, well, you know what? That's like no tolerance for it. But like, when you think about everything else, like anger, you have to look into it. You know, there's problems. Like, immodesty is a big problem. Men and women, there's a immodesty. You know, like, you know, women, the way they're dressed, men, the way they're, what they're looking at. There's a lot of big problems over here. But again, you have to look at, at a little bit more details. Someone's cheap, big problem. But you have to look into it. Unresolved mental issues, huge problem. But like, is it something that you're okay with? Drug and alcohol problem, also a huge problem. But maybe they got over it. Maybe they went to rehab 10 years ago and they're all, like, there's so many things that are really red flags. Like, I'll tell you one thing maybe that also, like, that, that also comes up and it's, and it's hard to like give them an excuse for it and be a little bit flexible on it is that if you're dating somebody and you caught them lying multiple times, multiple times you caught them in a lie, like, that's, you know, like, all right, that's, that's pretty bad. Like, there's no way, like, okay, like, everybody lies. Not really. I mean, you shouldn't be lying all the time. Anger, like, comes up sometimes, like, lying. You know, so there's some things that, that it really is like, you know, run the other way. You feel unsafe. You don't trust the person. Those are things that, even if you work on yourself, to a certain extent, 
it's very pro- it's very difficult. So there are certain things that you could say like yes, you don't need to tolerate, but it's very hard to say. And, and, I, and I'm I'm very worried to just say it straight off the bat. Like oh, these are the things because you really need to speak to somebody because sometimes it's a problem in the person and you really should run away. It's really a red flag and you have to run away the fast as you can. But another another time, it's a problem in you. It's a problem in what you need to focus on and what you need to grow on, and it's not really the problem of the other of the other person. So. We spoke about quite a few things. Uh, we went through a lot of material, and I went a little bit fast, and I apologize. It really, we really could spend a lot of time on this. Maybe down the work road, we'll give a little bit of a longer series on this. But I wanted to give a little bit of a brief overview of these things that are important. But I, I can't emphasize on how important it is that even if you see a problem, an issue. Now, if it's something that you're dating a guy or a guy is dating a girl, and there's like no shyness, it's like nothing to talk about, then fine. But if you're dating somebody and you find red flags, but like everything else is perfect, and there's like one or two issues, before you break it off, please speak to somebody. Please speak to somebody that you could, you trust that has your best interest, and you know, like like just to like clarify, like is this something that I should run away for? I should look into, or you know, like where where what do you think that it, that I should be like? Try to get an outside opinion, someone who you respect and somebody who has a head on their shoulders that could be able maybe to guide you a little bit, just a little bit. At the end of the day, you have to realize you're making the decision. It's nobody else. You're making the, you're living with this person. You could ask a rabbi, a mentor, whatever it is. At the end of the day, you're the one who's living with this person. So they could give you their opinion, but you're the one who's going to have to live with this person. So you have to make that final decision. Uh, I want to I finish off with one final thought. And that is when Adam Alishon, before, well, depends on the Midrashim. So let me rephrase this because it really depends on the Russian. What, what God did was God put all the animals in front of Adam Alishon and Adam named all the animals. And he saw that all the animals had a partner. And Adam didn't have a partner. Again, the Midashim, he was, you know, Adam Machaba, they were like sort of Siamese twins. We're not going to get into all the details on that, like, or the ribs, or whatever. We're not going to get into all the information on that. But he saw that all the animals had a partner. And, and Adam wanted a partner also. He said, I didn't have a partner. And then Akadish Baruch went and separated Adam and Chava, whatever. He created Adam and Chava, you know, like, and now he had a partner. Well, the question is, like, wait a minute. Why is it that God went and waited till Adam had to go look at all the animals and saw they had a partner, and then all of a sudden, only afterwards, did God give give Adam a partner? If Adam was supposed to have a partner, he should have had it in the beginning. Just like we started off the class, there's so many things that God created in the first day, second day, third day, fourth day that looked like it was should have been one way, and it went the other way. Like, why is it that the the why is it that God didn't create Adam all of a sudden in the beginning with? With Chava. Why is it that God didn't create the things the way that He wanted? God could have created anything exactly the way that He wanted to. We answered before that sometimes imperfection is perfection. But the Cheskuni goes and brings down, you want to know why first God went and showed Adam all the other animals and everybody had a spouse, everybody had a partner, and Adam didn't necessarily have a partner yet? It's because now, when a God gives Adam a partner, now now Adam is going to appreciate it. He saw what he didn't have. He realized that he didn't have something. Now he's going to go and appreciate it. We have to realize there's a dating process and it's difficult and people get burnt out. And there are so many questions. And like, why? Why can't it be just easy? Why can't it just go well and smooth? And I can't give you all the answers. 
But a very important answer is that the harder you work on it, the more that you will appreciate it. So you realize if you're dating for a while, this should be a little bit of a nechama, a little bit of a consolation for those that were dating for a while. You're dating for a while and you can't find the right guy. or you can't, the, the guy can't find the right girl. You have to realize that you worked so hard on something, you still can't, when you finally find it, your appreciation is going to go so through the roof and you'll be able to have such an amazing relationship. But there's a big star, <laughs> asterisk to that. And the asterisk is, is that sometimes you're dating for a while. And what happens is, instead of being more flexible, you become more picky. And more picky. And more picky. And you decide, I'm only going to be happy if I'm going to have everything that I want. In that case, even if you do finally find somebody, after all that hard work, but if they didn't match up to everything that you wanted to, because you were so picky, you had so many flags that you titled as red, and you colored as the darkest red possible, then even if you do find somebody, you're always going to find problems with them. So think, really, really ponder about this. The, you know, think, what is important to me? And not only what is important to me, but what is it that I have to focus on? And is it the focus on my spouse or is it the focus on me? And like I said before, the most important piece of information that I could possibly give you on this topic is don't try to find the perfect one. Become the perfect one. And with that, we'll open up to questions. Okay. We have a question here. What are some... Red flags of a lack of respect in a relationship. Uh, okay, this is a good question. So how do you see if someone respects you or doesn't respect you? So number one, you could, and this is, this is not necessarily always have to correlate to respect, but this is just some thoughts to think about. They, uh, you know, you say something and they dismiss it. They're not interested really in anything that you have to say. Uh, you, you know, you say something and they argue very, very strong. If something is very important for you, they don't make it so important for them. They don't, they don't, you know, it doesn't really bother them, you know, so much. Another thing is that they speak down at you. They, you know, make fun of you or they speak down at you and they, they, they you know, even in a joking manner. Uh, let's think if we think about, uh, you know, anything else. You speak and they constantly interrupt but again, a lot of these things are more of a fluid thing. But these are some ideas where they, there's something that there's lack of respect. Because I think about it, if you're speaking, you know, no matter how of a great, you know, personality you are, if you're speaking, all of a sudden the president of the United States comes in and starts talking to you, you're going to stop and you're going to listen. Or at least a second. You know, you're going to listen. Why? Because there's a respect over there. So like, it has to be in a, in a relation to a certain extent that has to uh, also be that. Th- these are just some things, but not always does it relate to lack of respect. Sometimes it could be, you know, something else. There's, you know, we're human and there's so many different avenues that this can go. But these are some things that you can look at. Okay. Thank you for the kind words. <laughs> Thank you for that. Okay, next question. How does one navigate the shidduch world when being branded picky by others, when in fact they are legitimate and major red flags. For example, I was offered a shidduch whereby the guy wrote on his resume that he had never been married, nor did he have any children. Upon further investigation, I discovered he had not only been married before to a non-Jewish woman, but also had three kids. When this was brought to the Shafran's attention, they were dismissive and not at all receptive to this person's blatant lie, but actually took the guy's side and tried to make it like it wasn't a big deal. 
find another shotgun. That's all I can tell you from that story. <laughs> There's like, you are right in that. Like that is something that find another shotgun. If the shotgun is trying to manipulate and twist it to, to such an extent, there is no way that. Uh, um, if you're okay, let's back this up a little bit because there's two parts of this question. Question number one is being branded as picky. Question number two is this situation. This situation, you are 100% right, and you should not. You should like run the other way. Like the like, you know when I said murderer or married. Yeah, I would probably put this case like also on that. So like, this will be three cases where I would say like, yeah, just go the other way. There is a you know big problem you know with with that because ultimately he just could have just avoided that information, but he went out of his way to say that it was you know like, there's many problems with that. But there's another part of this question, and that is being branded picky by other people. If you're being branded as picky, then there's something that you really need to look at. Look at it yourself. It's not always. Sometimes. Sometimes you're really not, but I, you know, being in the, if, you know, in the world that I'm in, and, uh, and I don't say like everybody's world, like in, in the position that I am, and the people that I speak to, and, and I can tell when people are picky, and sometimes I tell them straight out, like you're being way too picky. You're not going to get married. You know, it's, it's a very, very big problem. Being picky is a huge, huge problem. But sometimes you need to be picky on certain things. And on other things, you have to be a little bit more flexible. So there's different things what you should be picky for and what different things that are not. There are red flags. They're really something that you should not be picky for. And these are things that you really have to think about. Like what is super important? And if you're not sure, or even if you're sure, sometimes it's beneficial to speak to, to somebody and be like, this is what I have as picky. Do you agree with me? Because I've spoken to people who had red flags that were not even yellow. There were like no issues whatsoever, but in their mind it became red flags. And even if somebody made it important, like nonsense, like nonsense of nonsense, under no circumstance would that even come close to a yellow flag. But in their mind it was a red flag. So there are certain things that you should be picky for, and there are certain things that there's really no need to be picky for. It's, 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 it's nonsensical, if we could call it that. Okay, next question. I'm asking this question because my cousins are here, what is the proper age to date? More importantly, is it allowed to date in high school if the couple is Shomer and waiting to get married when they're old enough? That is a great, great question. Not only for whoever's here, but that's a, such a such a good question. And the answer for that is, is that if you're not dating for marriage, it's a big no-no. Not going to work out for you. Not going to be good. Definitely to, to go to, to stay far away from that. Dating in high school is one of the worst things that you could do in high schools. One of the worst things that you could do. First of all, it takes up so much of your time, so much of your emotions, so much of your intellect. You can't focus on it. It's so bad and so many different levels. There is nothing to gain from it. And I'm telling you again, that you don't, if you're not dating for marriage, you do not gain from it. You're just, you emotionally draining yourself. And eventually when you do get married, it's going to affect your marriage. The fact that you dated in high school, it's going to affect your future. I, and I understand there's a, such a strong desire, especially at that age. And there's, there's, there's a lot of desires that goes on in that age, especially if it's a more of a little bit of a modern crowd and it's, you know, there, there, I understand the need for it, but I can't 
emphasize this enough, you are going to regret it so much in, mar- in marriage. Once you finally get married, it just backfires on all angles. And I spoke about this before. I could really speak so much about this. But when you're dating and it's not for marriage, what's going to happen eventually when you do get married, you're going to end up comparing and contrasting to everybody you dated before, especially if it wasn't for marriage. And they're all going to fall short. Because when you dated not for marriage, you were just dating to have fun. So you only focus on the good parts, and you don't really focus that much on the negative parts. And when you finally get married, you'll be like, wait a minute, but the guy that I was dating or speaking to in high school never gave me these issues. Oh, if only I would have gotten, you know, gotten married with him. If only I would have done that. Or you start comparing your husband to that guy. and be like, well, that guy was much better looking. He was, you know, exercise, and he ran, and my husband, you know, has a little bit of gut, and my husband, you know, doesn't have a person, you know, such a sense of humor. He had a better sense of You start comparing, and I can't tell you how much people suffer for a few years of having fun. There's so much to speak about this. There's really a whole class I could give about this. But all I can tell you in short, the biggest no-no that I can tell you, you're not going to gain anything from it. Even if you're Shomer, like, oh, well, I'm going to marry this guy after seminary. And many times that does happen. But if it's really meant for you, you break up. And then when the time comes, you go and you look at, you know, you're ready to get married. You ask a shotgun to go get involved. This is the guy. You know, let's, you know, take it when you're ready to get married. Okay. Next question is... Oh, wait. Hold on a second. No, okay. Yeah, next question. What if a guy I'm dating refuses to get vaccinated? Is this a valid red flag? Not necessarily. This is a very like, good question for the days and the times. Not necessarily. I wouldn't say that it's a red flag. Uh, you know, And the reason for that being is that... Let's say you marry somebody who is a conspiracy theorist. And I'm not saying that's what the reason is. Can the marriage not work? I'm like, okay, so they have some crazy ideas. You know, 9-11 was an inside job. The moon has never happened. The world is flat. Whatever it is. Like I said, they have some mishigas in it. Is that going to be a problem in your marriage? Not necessarily. So if your question is, is because vaccination is so important for you, and, uh, you know, like, I wouldn't say it's a red flag. If you can't get past it, it's more a problem that you need to like focus on yourself. Because a lot of people, even rabbis, that say you don't need to get vaccinated. I'm not saying you shouldn't get vaccinated. I'm not saying that's my opinion. Uh, you know, my opinion was and always will be that you go, you got to speak to your local doctor. And what the doctor says, of course, to the rabbi, we have Rechaim Kanievsky that said that you should get vaccinated. But at the end of the day, if somebody doesn't want to get vaccinated, he has what to rely on. He has what to rely on. There's some doctors say they're better not to. And there's some, uh, you know, rabbis that say it's better not to. So, again... You know, is it something that I would recommend? We're not getting into that. We spoke about that before. But is it a, a, what I would call it a red flag? Not necessarily. No. Next question. Okay. Is it true that when someone strongly doesn't want something in someone, that's what they end up attracting in that person? Because I feel like that's what's happening to the girl who strongly didn't want cheap husband and ended up marrying a very cheap guy. So, not necessarily. You mean like because you're the last thing that you want, you end up you end up finding finding the guy is the last thing that you want. It's it's not necessarily. Sometimes it happens uh, because that's just you know the way that you know God wanted it to happen, and sometimes not. But I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that it always happens um, like that. Okay, next question. If we should look for someone a bit higher religiously, 
doesn't that make us the person that is lower and that can possibly possibly negatively affect them? How do we balance levels? So that's a great question. I'm so happy you brought that, that question up. So the question is like this. I said you should look for somebody slightly higher than you. Slightly higher than you. But then the question is that if the person is slightly higher than you, then you're the bad person because you're the person that could bring the person down. So why do I say to go and look for someone slightly higher than you if that's going to, if you're the person that you may bring the other person down? And the reason that I say, uh, and the reason why I say that is because if you're looking for someone slightly higher than you, then that's already your focus. Your focus is that you want somebody higher. And if you want somebody higher, that's a reason because you want to grow higher. So if you want to grow and you want somebody than that level, then that generally 99% will work out. And I'm not saying you marry somebody like way higher than you, but if you go slightly higher than you, that's where you want to be. So like you'll respect that you don't want to bring the person down, you want to go up. But if it's something that you couldn't care less and you're, you're, you're like, uh, doesn't matter, then yes, you have the ability to go and, and bring that person down. But if you're perceptive enough that this is what you're looking for and you're looking for someone who's higher than you, then automatically you have that vision that you want to grow. And if you want to grow, then that should work out. Okay, uh, the next thing was, what about not wanting to give kids MMR and other important shots that kids need? Right, so this is another, you know, vaccination, uh, you know, topic. And again, you know, if you want to ask me my opinion, you know, it's very important to get your kids vaccinated and to, there's a reason why it's, why it's there, even though there are people that are against it, but the majority, a majority do say to get vaccinated. I'm not talking about the COVID vaccine, I'm talking about the, all the other vaccines. But let's say you don't want to get vaccinated. You don't want to vaccinate your kids. You did your research and you decide you don't want to vaccinate. And the other guy, you know, you know, is, says that you should be vaccinated. So you have to have that discussion. Many times, guys don't even, is not even on the radar, like vaccination. At the end of the day, they'll probably end up going whatever the wife wants. So I can't imagine this being a big issue. But if the guy is like so focused in the medical world and he's like, no, you must get vaccinated and she is so focused on whatever it is that she's for. No, you can't get vaccinated. It's something that you can never see eye to eye and you're always getting on fights in it. Then yeah, maybe that does come up as, as, you know, as a red flag, but that's your different, you know, opinions. Would I agree those are red flags? Absolutely not. Those are both issues that you would need to like work on, but it comes up to a very important factor. Do you get your kids vaccinated or not? So at the end of the day, if you can't come to an agreement and it's something that's so like, comes into like sort of fighting or disagreements, then that can be a red flag, yes. Okay, looks like that was the final question. Any other questions before we close it off for the night? Nope, okay. Thank you all for joining. I have one quick question. Yes. Okay, so there's something that might be a red flag and there's something that, you know, might be something that needs to be worked on, the communication. How long should you date or what kind of progress should I be looking to see in terms of communication? If I see a guy who's not good at communication, like at all, this is his first time dating or whatever it is, how much time should I give him? Because I feel like, let's say we would get engaged, it's kind of putting the engagement or the marriage on the fact of what if, like maybe he'll get better, but maybe, but if he doesn't, I'm going to be emotionally deprived. Like if he can't communicate, that's a problem. So at what point do I... Throw it away. Even if he has everything else I want, hashtag five, good. He's emotionally, okay, I want to say emotionally healthy, but if a guy can't communicate, I don't think he's emotionally healthy. But let's say everything else is good, except that one thing, how much time do you think is, is 
good to give that person to see change. And I communicate, listen, I see there's a problem. We need to communicate better. What do I do then? So the first thing that I would ask is, and you don't have to answer it because this is just a hypothetical question that I would ask the person to be like, how much do you feel you need to date? How many dates do you feel you need to go on before you get married? So for some people, it's 10 dates. For some people, it's six months. For other people, it's three months or, you know, whatever. Everybody has a different number. So if you're dating a guy, let's say, and let's just for argument's sake, you need three months that you need to, again, whatever that correlates into dating. Some people could date, you know, for four dates and they're fine and they're good and they're ready to go. Other people need to date 7,000 dates and they're not good. So depending on how, where you normally feel comfortable. So if you're dating, but let's try to generalize this. So let's say you're dating 10 dates and the communication is not working out. Like the guy is not communicating with you. The first thing that I would say is to speak to somebody like a mentor. I don't know if a shatchan will be good, but maybe, maybe a shatchan will be good. But just somebody be like, listen, this is where we're holding. This is the communication issue. And I can't tell you, the reason why I say that is I can't tell you how many times we're, guys and girls are just wired differently. And some guys are more attuned to communication and some guys are just oblivious. And sometimes it's just a fact of like a shatchan telling them straight out of their face, hey, by the way, you know, like, you gotta be, like, more communicative. And, and like, that's like, oh, yeah, I should be. Like, I thought I just, she had just has to figure out everything about my life without me saying anything. Like, just, like, guys could be oblivious on it, and that's, you know, one, two sentences can just, like, fix everything. So, you have to go and see... For, that's what I would say, to get advice of somebody else. Be like, Because it depends on what the issue is. Because sometimes... You know, a girl would want the guy to be communicative and tell her everything that he happened that day. And a guy is just not wired. And like no guy really is wired that way. So, well, maybe I should say no guy. Most guys are not just like wired in a certain way. And that might not be an issue. But another point, a communication where something's bothering him and he doesn't say anything. And or it could be that, uh, you know, just like very awkward conversation, just can't like get it together. Like that could be a red flag and that could be an issue. So it depends there's a subcategory to that. Like, where is the communication issues? Is it in normal day-to-day conversations? Is it in something that is just you want to be very the person to be very communicative and they're just not meeting your needs of what you're looking for? So there's a lot of different nuances that you have to figure out. But you definitely should give it at least like, I don't know, seven, eight. If everything else is great, seven, eight, even ten dates to see what could work out. And as it work, as it's progressing and it's still not communicating, I would definitely speak to somebody and be like, this is where we're having the issue. Is there something that I can mention? Is it something that I should just run away? Is it something that I should work on? So it really depends. A lot of these topics and a lot of these issues and red flags, there are so many different nuances and subcategories that we have to delve into because sometimes it's really a problem and other times it's really not a problem. So if I would just say how many dates to get, uh, you, I would say to, to go on, maybe eight, nine, ten dates, but that should be in, in you know, collaboration with another, somebody who could, you know, sort of guide you and give you a little bit of, you know, of an understanding of maybe how to approach it, or maybe sometimes even just to speak to him. Not, not you speak to him, maybe the shop should speak to him, maybe his rabbi should speak to him. So there's different ways to approach it and then to see if it actually approves. If it does, it could be amazing. When somebody's working on something, they could be even better than somebody who was never even working. They were just naturally that way. So it really depends on that, on that, uh, uh, you know, on quite a few, uh, you know, subcategories. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Now, okay, we had another question over here. How do, how can I try to return the relationships that I had before? It was mostly my fault. Okay, so this is actually something that 
dealt with quite before, quite quite with a few people, where somebody, let's say, I, I'm, again, I, I'm hoping this is your question, where somebody dated somebody, and they broke it off, and then they feel they made a mistake, and they want to go back. So I don't know if that's your question, but if it isn't, please type it up to, to correct me, but I'll answer that question. Uh, and that is sometimes you go and you date a guy or, or a, girl, a guy's dating a girl, and they break it off, and then they start thinking about it, you know, like, maybe... Yeah, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I should really give the other guy a shot. And that's not wrong to think about that. And sometimes you should. And I usually tell people, if you feel like, you, then try to get get another shot. Get a shotgun involved and see if you could get it up again. And at first, first I usually ask, what was the issue? And then I say, like, let's see if you could, uh, you know, uh, get it back together again. If you could, then good. If you can't, then don't dwell on it. You did everything that, even though you may have made a mistake in the past, you may say, oh, maybe I lost the right one. You did everything that you can, try to move move past it. But what happens if you're dating somebody and they broke it up with you and you want to continue dating it? There's a little bit of nechama that you can have over there, even if it's your, you're the one that's fault. If the other side broke it off with you, Again, you can always try to start it up again. But if the other side broke up with you, these are really this is out of your out of your hands. This is like this wasn't my decision. I may have made a mistake. Maybe I should have said something. Maybe I said something. Maybe I did something wrong. But at the end of the day, if the other side broke up with you, it should be a little bit of an easier on your on your mindset because, you know, Hashem, I was willing to go on more. He or she didn't want to continue going out anymore. So what, what can I do? If you still want to try and, and start it up again, then I would recommend to get a shotgun involved. Explain the situation of where you messed up and why you feel you messed up and how you feel like you're better now. Let them have it and let them reach out to them again. Sometimes they will be willing to go out again. And I've you know had you know people that went out you know a few years. In, in, you know, like separation, they went out, let's say, when they were 21, and then, you know, three years go by, they end up going out with a guy again, same guy, uh, three, four years later, and it happened to be, they ended up, I know quite a few cases where they got, they got actually, uh, um, you know, married, and, uh, you know, after that, and everything, Baruch Hashem worked out. So, I would say to reach out, reach out and see, to, uh, see if you could, uh, have it started again. If you reach out and it doesn't, it, it the guy still is like a solid no, don't, don't try losing sleep over it. This is meant to be, and just move forward. What happens if a shotgun wasn't involved, and you broke it up, you were dating, and then you just broke it up? Then I would say to get the final thing to get a shotgun, to get, get somebody, it doesn't have to be a shotgun, get somebody else involved. It's much easier that way. And it's, again, in some times, in some situations, maybe it's beneficial to reach out directly, but 9 out of 10 times, it really depends on the situation, but 9 out of 10 times, Get a, if it was shotgun wasn't involved, get a shotgun involved and say, "Listen, this is the situation. Can you call him or can you call her? This is, you know, are they? Would they be interested? If you know, give the whole details on, to that." Okay, hope I answered that question. Any other questions before we close it off? All right. To everybody that joined us, thank you for coming. Thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. Until next time, may HaKadosh Baruch just give you ultimate amount of blessing. And whoever needs to find this, the, the right one, the spouse, may HaKadosh Baruch send them to you with ease and clarity. And whoever already found the right one, may you also realize it with ease and clarity. Thank you all for joining. Have an amazing, amazing Shabbat, amazing week. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.